0: We are back, folks. The Left Turn Canada family is here. Andy Burkowski, Christo Avalise. I know we have been gone for a little while. And Christo, I did get an email or two on the Left Turn Canada email wondering if we're still on speaking terms. So I think we should set the record straight. Yeah,
1: guys, you're going to be. We regret to inform you (laughs) that this is not. Uh, this is not a. This is not a, uh, Tom and Ariana breaking <laughs> up. For those who watch Vanderpump Rules,
0: whoa! Um, what but, a pull there,
1: Christo, yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea. Yeah, Damn. Yeah, but but uh, no, no, we're we're good. I mean, I think basically it's like we had a you know the Christmas season Things mm-hmm. slow down, and and everyone goes everywhere, and then Andy has long COVID. He'll tell us about that. I mean, I, don't, I don't think. I am a doctor of history, so I think I can diagnose Andy got COVID, but he's got, like, the longer version yeah. of it. And then Andy had some technical issues mm-hmm. with his, his setup. And so all of that just, like, put us behind for, like, a month or so. And it was just... Really hard to like get back into it. Yeah,
0: and a lot happened since then. Uh, politically, obviously, Toronto lost its mayor not because you know he actively yeah. wanted to hunt homeless people and wear their skin, but because of an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate. So that's always interesting to see, you know, where the line lies. And it's still absolutely like, yeah, gross, terrible that he did that. But man,
1: yeah, it's not just a regular <laughs> affair. Like yeah. some people were downplaying it, and I'm like, look, if he was just sleeping with some random like. 20 Twenty-one-year-old, it would be gross and icky. Mm-hmm. But like his wife can divorce him if she wants, whatever. But like he was sleeping with a, a staff member, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, you know, uh, he's and he's mayor, and it's a, a tremendous power imbalance. But yeah, no, very much the case that uh, he never felt the need to even try to improve the lives of homeless people. <laughs> but he immediately resigns over uh, his affair of being exposed. It is, it is quite, quite telling that that is yeah. what what did him in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people? Uh, you 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 could have told him a thousand homeless people died last night, and he would not have done anything. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, you're you're right yeah. of that. The yeah.
0: armories would still be closed. We'll put it that way. Even if that many people would have died, so it is shocking. There was really an interesting kind of caveat with that because of the changes that uh, old Dougie has put through for the different sort of mayoral powers that are now yeah. more far-reaching than perhaps in our memory of, the, of these major metropolitan
1: areas. I don't think there's ever been a thing like that, at least in Ontario. For those mm-hmm. who don't know, uh, and you see some of this in the U.S. actually. There's weak mayors and strong mayors, right? And mm-hmm. so in Ontario, up until now, we've only had weak mayors. And I think in most of Canada, we have the weak mayor system, although I think there might be some exceptions, where like, the mayor is effectively a glorified councillor. Mm-hmm like the only difference is they're the they're, they're the only city-wide elected. So like in Kingston for example, we have 12 wards and we have the one city-wide mayor race. But the mayor uh you know has I guess certain limited powers and they chair the meetings. Yeah. I guess they represent the city at official functions. Still one vote, but, you know, when things but happen. But they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're one vote on the council. Effectively, in a sense, they're kind of like the tiebreaker, right? Because we have a 12-member council. Mm. Their vote really only matters when, <laughs> uh, when when, when, an issue is close, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just voting with either the majority or minority on an issue. Uh, but now the strong mayor's system, which is only in Ottawa and Toronto, uh it, it, gives them much more power to hire and fire certain officials and it also gives them certain veto powers mm-hmm. on some legislation and I think this is probably the most controversial in some ways when uh, when they want to pass certain development related policies they only need to get like one third of the council.
0: Yeah, right? Which is so, hu- Which like is a, insane, really. Like, the mayor, what's the if he point? Wants
1: to, like, yeah, if they want to do some urban sprawl and mm-hmm. it aligns with Ford's priorities, then effectively the mayor plus one third of Toronto City Council. Mm-hmm. So basically, let's say give or take one third of the population can can ram through policy, right? Yeah. Um, it's 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 wild. But as Andy, I think, was alluding to, uh, it'll be interesting if uh you get you get a progressive mayor in one of these cities and give them that power. So yeah, I mean, if, if that, Mike that, that, Layton yeah.
0: becomes the mayor, like we might yeah. actually see. Although I, I do think Mike
1: has declined to run. Damn, because we I could believe, actually yeah. see
0: the police budget Damn. go down one year, not just up, not even de- defunded yeah. in Toronto, but maybe like just cut a little bit for services to I help. I think the
1: best you could realistically <laughs> hope for yeah. is like a budget freeze for cops, maybe some reallocation, but even that, I don't know.
0: And that could happen know, with these system, which even is always though, funny.
1: Even though I think if you, I almost wonder if you get around it by like just hiring people and like putting them somehow under the police banner, but they're just not cops. Mm, so the poli- the Toronto poli- the Toronto police, like as a legal entity, their budget doesn't shrink. Yeah. But you create a, a new nursing division <laughs> called the, in, in in and and they are not cops. And they are, you know, they have they have no law enforcement requirements. They are just nurses who happen to have Toronto police on their shirt or something. I don't yeah. know. Interesting. I don't know how you get around it. I don't know. Oh. But no, you're right, though, that that was one of the big things. What else happened?
0: Well, uh, well, of course, Ford and his family just basically mm-hmm. being a uh, crony capitalist mafia uh, syndicate. Oh, yeah. it was very great. I that was always good to see. Had that
1: with, the, with the land deal mm-hmm. where uh, the, this prominent Ontario family bought land at 10 times market value or something or not 10 times market value but they took out uh, a massive loan with interest of like what was it? What was the interest rate of the loan they took out it was insane it was an insane amount buying land in the green belt which would seem like a terrible investment because you can't develop it or at least not very much and they bought this land with a heavy interest rate and then lo and behold Doug Ford wins the election and they um, and they are uh, able to develop on that land like Mm -hmm. you now. And it it was a huge point of his election,
0: too, of making sure that we know we're going to bring we're going to make changes in the green belt. We're going to you know, make it easier to travel. That was something that Ford was very, you know, conclusive on when he was running. So it is funny to see that. But then, of course, there was the scandal. And I believe it's it's so funny how long ago it was now because we've had all these other issues since then. But just the uh, the stag and dough gifting of some prominent developers. Right. Remember that? I was pretty, yeah, yeah, I was Doug, pretty loopy Doug at that Ford. point. So you can maybe you could take. Yeah, them. Doug
1: Ford's daughter, I believe, is getting married at the time, and mm-hmm. she's having a stag in dough, and doe, uh, and you know, they're, they're, you you raise money to basically help cover the wedding. That's weird to me still because like you're like, the Ford family is wealthy. Yeah, so do you really need the whole point of those? I thought was like for like you know maybe somebody that's a bit bit short on cash maybe like a young couple oh no it that's some waspy
0: them. white shit man yes, like that I don't is know, man. <laughs> that is <laughs> some country my, my club I, shit yeah,
1: my wife and i never had a uh please pay for our wedding <laughs> party right like we had a wedding shower where mm. people were very generous but, like, we paid for our wedding ourselves. And, like, you know what I mean? I'll like, share this,
0: Crystal, because I do. Ha- it, it is a yeah. very big Italian thing. And I have an Italian background. And I remember I went to one where they were given. And it was, like, you know, third, fourth, 15th cousins of mine. And they actually raffled off three different cars. So that will kind of tell you the amount of money that they yeah, expected just, yeah. in that. Like, it was it was a brave yeah. new world. It was very strange and so to be there. so a lot of people
1: were, in effect, probably able to look like i guess we have to say allegedly but some people who maybe would like favors from the premier and his cabinet and his government mm-hmm. were able to make some nice donations to ford's daughter potentially right yeah. uh and uh that probably is not under the guise of the uh, the uh, yeah. uh no one Ontario knows what and, it would be
0: yeah. and he got very upset yeah. about it did you see those yeah. press conferences he was very yeah, angry yeah he,
1: yeah, yeah he, he was he was quite bothered by it but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad too. Uh, yeah. What else happened? Well, uh, I
0: also, what? and I this this will kind of speak to what I was going through there. We are getting it seems, and people may say we're already there, but the divisions in our two tiered um system of health yes. here in Ontario yeah. become are becoming more and more clear with more smaller institutions and and uh doctors offices now offering you know services if you pay and while i i had covid and was incredibly sick we live here in Guelph still can't get family doctors i'm on a two year wait list for that yeah the, i was
1: on a wait list for like 4 years in oh, Kingston man, yeah
0: the options yeah. to and they started ending even over the phone with many doctor's visits. So the the options I had to face to get medicine where I was to deal with my long COVID, I had to pay I, like a little service, little handling fee in order to do that. And I couldn't imagine, and if it was, I was in that situation already, this has to be happening for so many other Canadians. And I was in real dire straits, you know, normally it would be like, no, never. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll figure this out. but. I can't imagine what it is like for others going through this, man.
1: It's going to be fucking hell, right? Because, like, look, we already have, like, Canada does not have a fully public system. We Mm -hmm. already have plenty of experience with private healthcare, with dentistry and with pharmacy. And it's like we already have a scenario where it's like if you don't have workplace insurance, you're fucked. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like absolutely. Like you, you could go to your doctor. Let's just say we dealt like 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 you know you get to your doctor. Let's say you have a family doctor. You see them on a reasonable. You get to there one or two days. Uh, they they check you out. They write you a prescription. And it's like, well, I hope you have insurance or the cash. <laughs> Or like you need dentistry work done yeah. and you maybe you do have insurance, but like does what's your copay? Right? Six hundred 50... bucks for
0: Pax Logan yeah, yeah. so that you aren't yeah. dying, right? Oh, exactly. My God. It's like
1: they, you know, they'll cover half the cost of your surgery up to you know, or, or you'll cover a thousand dollars, but it's fifteen hundred as well. It's like like we already have this acknowledge mm-hmm. that private healthcare uh doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And like you'd think that like it, people would understand that. But I think like what we're seeing from Ford is like, is a standard starve the beast argument. Yeah, right?
0: absolutely. So the, the,
1: the, the government, like, look, the, the Ontario government is running a surplus. They could spend more money. But I think that one of their goals uh, and they'll never admit it, of course, is to purposely make public health care shitty because mm-hmm. if like and look, I'm not saying this government is competent, but I'm thinking if they wanted to, they could do better. Absolutely. And if they tried harder, they could solve some of the issues with health care, like even like without, you know, I don't you know, a competent progressive conservative government could make some changes to make health care less shitty. Uh, but by doing that, you would you would maybe give people faith in the public system, right? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's 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 one thing that we're definitely going to be dealing with. Uh, it's becoming
0: more obvious, I think, that that's happening too. Is well, the it issue
1: started during COVID? Remember, yeah.
0: mm-hmm, absolutely, where we
1: saw and like a lot of people thought that that was a bad sign. How? Uh, Testing, you had all these shops opening up where you could like buy what you buy a test, was it you mm-hmm. could buy testing and stuff? And yeah, it the very, test kits were very expensive, hard to find, expensive. couldn't get a specials- free one. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah.
0: No, anyways, I, I just I, I really felt in the last couple months kind of before the the stag and dough controversy that we got to hear more direct quotes from Ford and the PCs that were suggesting that, you know, it's needed to catch up with the um Issues That we're facing as uh, Ontarians that unfortunately, you know, they can't fix this problem per se. So if it's required, why can't this be an option? And just like you said, it really does seem like that is a deliberate situation where they're allowing human misery to continue just on the off chance that they can build up this industry and maybe ultimately just profit the people that they know that maybe another profiteer that that went to this wedding uh for Ford might be able to you know create a whole new business it is the mo- some of the most evil shit that politicians can do and they're kind of mask off with it. And it doesn't seem to be causing an outrage likely because most, you know, so many of us are sick and coughing and it's a little hard to, <laughs> you know, fight against that as every I mean, like, look, couple man, of minutes. You look you're the
1: fucking polling. Yeah. And the polling is showing largely status quo, right? Like, like, uh, like, look, and like, I I don't, I don't like to blame voters. Yeah. Like I don't, I know a, a big part of it is our first pass to post system. Like if the last election, we had a proportional system we would have, uh, well, actually, it would have been really uh, hairy in some ways because it's like the Liberals and the NDP would be effectively tied. Who mm. would have governed between them? But like, you would effectively either have an NDP Liberal coalition, or the Conservatives being unable to govern on their own. They would have like a minority government. Maybe there wouldn't be enough of a mm. you know to build a coalition. But if you look, if you look at some recent Ontario polling, I can just pull this up here. There's been a, a big, a big rash of polling. Uh, it's, it's mostly status quo. I mean, the uh, NDP down a little bit, liberals up a little bit, the OLP kind of, but still like the NDP and the liberals, both in kind of like the low to mid twenties and the PCs kind of stable at like 40, 41, where they Mm. were at the last election. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And like the, you know, the greens are basically where they are too. And it's like, it's like, like the, it hasn't moved. So uh, as much as all of this has been happening, um, the conservatives have neither gained nor lost support
0: Man, it's I, stable. I do think if you asked someone who would identify themselves as like a middle class Ontarian, if they would be comfortable spending money to get health care if they were sick, I think the answer to that question now, maybe more than ever, would be Yes. And that normalization of this, because like you said, we've normalized the fact that, you know, our magic uh, bones in our mouth need this special medicine, our brains and the problems yeah. that have to do with our our mental ability to perceive the world, you know, need to be paid for. But now I really do feel like it's, yeah. it's normalized to a point that it will only cause more cracks in our public system. Yeah. And as someone that Once had to experience that, it, it, the private, yeah. like it does, yeah. you are in pain, it will not help you.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's gonna be, you can't, you know, slippery soap fallacy, all of that, but it's, it's one of those things, man, where it's like, once you start doing it, like, it starts exacerbating inequalities and it's, it's bad, right? I mean, look, we're even in a situation here. One thing is that like Ford is like, despite being premier now for, you know, a a full term and then like a, a, basically a year plus almost an extra year, Doug Ford is, he's only at minus nine favorability, right? Mm. Which is pretty, which is higher than like, I believe that's higher than Pierre Polyevra, who is not, you know, in, in and is not in office, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Merritt Stiles is at plus one. All the p- potential prospective liberal leaders, Erskine Smith, Mitzi Hunter, Ted Shue, and Yasir Naqvi are all in the minuses. But right around Ford, uh, so people like Merritt, uh, at least they, they, they don't hate Merritt. She's at plus one. Mm-hmm. But like Ford, the thing with Ford is that you know he's he's like unlike a lot of other conservatives he's just not using the words. Yeah. The voters just I don't know if the voter it's his vibes, man. Yeah, Ford's it's vibes. folksiness and vibe. Like he's like he like like Tim Hudak would be like I'm cutting your health care, bitches, <laughs> and you're all gonna starve in my glorious capitalist <laughs> paradise. And then he loses the election, and he's like, why why did the why don't these why don't these assholes vote for me? Yeah. And Doug Ford in his first election, especially, he's like we're no one's losing their job and uh the Greenbelt's gonna be fine yeah, like listen listen here folks
0: day. i get it we're gonna be all right listen you here a lot
1: to people you gotta lie and and vote i i and this is you gotta lie and be
0: confused when called on it too how many yeah. times have you seen ford just be like well no that's that's not exact that's you know that's not what's happening here and like he trails come on, off
1: folks. and then he and then the and then he the press conference is over and <laughs> You know he's, just what the fuck and, and, and he's out the room right here's a yeah. like, well, good good press conference i guess yeah great yeah he's figured it out man doug ford is like unironically one of the better politicians in the country absolutely because the shit he's doing mm-hmm. and people do not hate his guts like other conservative premiers people fucking hate them absolutely jason kenny look at jason kenny, <laughs> look at jason kenny. Uh, uh blair higgs in new brunswick right now mm-hmm. everyone hates him um the 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 conservatives in manitoba that's a bit they have like a new leader there they're they're like not super popular now um i'm trying to uh, other yeah you know what i mean though like the mm-hmm. only other like, like who's been in for a little bit is uh is uh uh blanchette uh, in or uh, uh not blanchette uh, caq what's that oh, wow. why is it Slipping my mind. He'll here. get it. He'll get there. Yeah, Legault. Yes. Yes. Legault. I mean, he's still he's still extremely popular. Mm-hmm. But um, but the you know, Quebec conservatism is weird. But no, it's like like he's figured it out, and it seems like as unless as long as he keeps saying things like we're not cutting healthcare, we're just doing this, and and like it's not it's not too much too fast. It looks like I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to to wake Ontarians up. I don't yeah. know because right again, like right now, they're just not they're not pissed. Like, there was a moment during COVID, during, like, the worst parts of COVID, where Ford looked vulnerable. Absolutely. but Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: It's funny because we think about it. This is the guy that almost, like, teary-eyed and indignant told a room full of reporters that they have no business talking about or or needing to know about what's going on with my family. Not considering that Ford and his family have done a fundraising festival called Ford Fest At their home for like 10 years in Etobicoke, wherein they gave out $20 bills to people. Like, his entire political oeuvre is centered around his family and their continued machinations. And this motherfucker was able to just smiling and with indignation, I shouldn't say smiling, grimacing, and with indignation, shut up a room of reporters with that. And it's just silly. Like, it is just silly now, and we are the ones paying for and I think this is a good transition Christo into something else that is incredibly silly
1: oh, another rich sob who's yeah. Is, yeah and and this was, is a different uh, yeah. this
0: is a different sort of rich sob that really yeah. believes he can talk his way out of any of the misery that he causes so we, we did miss this but you may recall uh, a couple weeks ago now a reporter i actually came up with in the toronto radio scene uh posted a picture of i believe it was six or seven chicken breasts uh, from a
1: oh, yeah, yeah a Loblaws, yeah, yeah. uh
0: contemporary there, one of the grocery stores that I believe was in the thirty-seven to forty dollars. And of course this is way more than the price of chicken was before, and this led to more examinations of you know this inflation rate that we're seeing in Canada specifically for food. Uh stats Canada showed that in January, while whereas the overall inflation rate fell to about five point nine percent in Canada, it is 10.9% to uh for grocery items. So we are still more inflated than ever. And while that was happening, Loblaws saw unbelievable windfall of profits common to shareholders of $529 million in its fourth quarter revenue, 10% a raise overall revenue to $14 billion. It is just insane amounts of wealth and then this week we got to see galen west and of course the the figurehead probably the most recognizable canadian billionaire like it, it's definitely his brand to be out there i don't know Yeah, he's we...
1: probably the most famous yeah like i mean if you look at like richest canadians right richest canadians list um according to wikipedia he he is I don't think he's on the list uh individually. Really? I I I think it's that um let me see.
0: Cuz he's definitely I, th- I think it, their estimates that it's 8.7 billion, but maybe that's, you know, tied up within this megalomaniac corporation that yeah, he runs. Yeah, I
1: think it's like yeah, right? It's like if you look up like the like the the families I think, I think that's where the wealth comes from, right? Mhm. But like um people know him, he's been on
0: commercials with his dumb sweater talking about how, you know, no name brand is out there and it's actually a real answer. They made, you know, a music video for the no name brand while they were making half a billion dollars in extra profit. And most Canadians are paying way more for grocery. Like everyone knows this. I think that's why it's so silly because everyone is paying for groceries and they're all seeing that it's costing a lot more. So he was held to task with a bunch of other uh, grocery executives this week. And I do think there was some pretty great questions asked. There's some pretty slimy answers. Before we even get into that, though, Christo, I guess my question to you is like, is this all Almost them like dabbing on us a little bit that they're so confident in politicians inability to actually sanction them and hurt their billion dollar businesses that they're willing to come get yelled at and give bullshit answers for an afternoon. So, you know, Singh gets a really great uh, opportunity and, you know, he said some good things, but ultimately this kind of falls flat uh, because watching this, it did kind of feel like they were almost like laughing throughout the procedures, maybe not overtly, but man, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, these are things you have to do, right? You got yeah. to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. But like, and you get like basically called in, you have to go. I mean, I, I do think that it's like, I I, I think they, they realize they, they probably do like cost benefit analysis and realize we'll do the questions. We'll get a couple days, bad press. Yeah, but like I don't think it's gonna change it, and like you said, it's like as long as you have a liberal government with a conservative opposition that are generally reluctant to do anything to actually hold uh, corporations accountable, yeah, um, then it's like no legislation is gonna come out of this, uh, and so uh, you you know it the the downsides are are minimal. You know committees can matter, right? Like you've seen like famous moments in American and Canadian parliamentary and congressional committees that don't necessarily directly lead to any legislation, but have major effects on the discourse of an issue, right? Like yeah. You see, for example, how like Bernie Sanders in the United States is the chairman of his committees has been able to give more voice to union leaders mm-hmm. and talk about issues that matter. And that gives them mainstream coverage in the press that likely wouldn't be there here. It's tricky because like everyone was already talking about how Galen Weston's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, an a-hole, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ripping us off, yeah, just um, uh, but yeah, it's one of it's it's one of Canada's wealthiest families. I believe as a family, they're number three, but they're not on any of the individual mm. lists of billionaires. But yeah, you're right. This is one of the uh, this is one of the the richest families in Canada. They are probably the most famous like yeah. rich people. Mm-hmm. like the like there's the Thompsons that own Thompson, like Thompson Reuters, basically, right? But like, I don't know if I can't envision a lot of these other billionaires.
0: Yeah. Galen Weston, you think of he did the commercials like I think he is the Canadian, quote unquote, billionaire. So it does matter that Jagmeet got to ask him some questions. And there was one in particular that I thought was really, really slimy because, you know, they they dance around. Not question, but answer given by uh, Galen Weston, because they just sort of dance around the truth that most Canadians are feeling Why did you make five hundred and twenty nine billion dollars in profits during the same time period where Canadians are spending more on food uh, than they have in the past, like six or seven years? And that level of inflation is actually, you know, hurting Canadians. So here's uh, what Galen Musson had to say. How much profit is too much profit? You're making more money than you've
2: ever made. How much profit is too much profit? We're a big company and the numbers are very large, uh, but it still translates right down to the bottom line at $1 per. Per $25 of groceries, and if you consider our growth, growth in profit in 2022 is 25 times lower than the unprecedented increases in costs that are being faced by the industry and by the world. And the fact that we have lower food price inflation in Canada uh, than in so many other parts of the world is in part due to the high functioning of our food system here and in part to the, to the meaningful effort that is being made by the grocery store industry um, to keep prices as low as possible. With respect, Mr. Weston, you've mentioned this $1 per grocery bit We can put a factor in front of you. Your company is making $1 million a day in excess profits. No one feels sorry for your profit margin when you're making a $1 million, not just in profit, in excess profit a day at the same time that Canadians are experiencing the most unprecedented inflation in their lives. How can you look a family in the eyes and tell them that that's okay? What you're doing is okay. I had a, a conversation with a customer in a store just the other day. Um, she came to me and she said something similar. She said, "How can you have such exorbitant profits?" And I sat down. I didn't sit down with her, but we chatted uh, for about 15 minutes. And I explained, um, you know, what I'm explaining here to the committee, and she she understood. Um, and she said, "She said, okay, I didn't realize that. That's not the way it's being characterized, um, you know, when I read the Globe and Mail or whether I re- when I read the Toronto Star." And I and I said, "Yeah." I, I said, "Look, I." I'll all I can tell you um, is that these this is the truth this is what what's going on and if we invested uh, if we didn't raise retail prices as costs went up, um, we would the companies that we operate um, would disappear um,
0: almost uh,
2: almost I- instantly.
0: So I beyond the fact that he's just sounding ludicrous, I have issue with some of the math that he's presenting. the idea that they only make one dollar, Out of every $25 of groceries in profit But the inflation rate and the cost from suppliers Is like 25 times their profit margin I don't understand how, based on his own math They would even be a business in that case Like it is just Yeah, I
1: think he's definitely finagling Look, the thing with groceries is that like To be fair, like it's not a high margin business Mm -hmm. right? There are some businesses like luxury cars where you make a lot of money per car, right? You yeah. have to, because how many how many Lamborghinis can you sell, right? Like mm-hmm. in a year, like real estate, you need to make a profit because like how many houses can you realistically sell or build, right? But like groceries, like to be fair, it is, it is like, and this is like Walmart too. If you look, you don't need to make a lot of money though per, per sale if you make a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's trying to like be a little cute. Yes, it's true that groceries are a relatively low margin business but i think he's trying to downplay the fact that like you know it's still a significant amount of profit it's still half a billion dollars in
0: profit in a quarter like that's insane
1: yeah I, i get what he's trying to say that like you know each individual sale doesn't net us a lot of money so uh you know that's why inflation is 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 hard on us because yes it 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 doesn't seem like a lot but a a couple cents here and there on every blah blah blah. i I get what he's trying to do Mm -hmm. i just feel like he's still overstating it and also i think he's trying to like trick canadians with their perception of like uh trick canadian with their perception of like of like (laughs) mathematics yeah
0: or just the idea that macroeconomics is like balancing your checkbook like that sort of idea of like you know you know how to balance your groceries at home so it's kind of like that like no you guys are absolutely profiteering or else it wouldn't make any sense that you could make that like people know that to be true in their bones i think it's a big reason why you know there was support for this sort of uh question period to have this you know real strong push the thing that we talked about a lot and I think we'll keep talking about on this show is the response from the NDP. I think Jigmeet asked some very good questions, but we are dealing with, very similar to healthcare, the sort of answers and solutions that will lead to Canadians dying or living, literally like starving to death. So I felt like there, again, wasn't that outrage that should be called for a moment like this when you know there's another instance where Galen Weston was, you know, again, being cute and wouldn't just say like, yes, I will answer these questions. It was like, you know, I'll 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 read the questions and try to determine if there's things I can answer on it. Like I just I'm not seeing the outrage for what these organizations, this organization loblaws that is forty percent of the total market cap of all grocery stores here in our country is making half a billion dollars in profit while Canadians can't afford their groceries at their stores. Like it is so fundamentally broken that it it, I, it almost pissed me off that we weren't able to get anything beyond, you know, an opportunity for these billionaires and you know moguls to just be cute even when they suggested like a windfall tax I think that was a uh,
1: member of the Green Party that yeah. that that asked that question and which seems yeah and the NDP w- ran on that in the last election mm-hmm. a little bit too. that companies above a certain size would have a, it would pay a kind of surplus tax on the profits they made during the pandemic yeah yeah
0: and they just talked around it like it was so silly to almost ask the question because people know just kind of intuitively that these billionaires are not trying to help us by feeding us they're trying to cut and chisel to make a profit any way they can. And there's one other clip I wanna show you, Christo. This was from Galen Wesson, kind of after, and it was off the cuff from a reporter that was asking a question from one of his workers, from someone who, you know, does the job so that he can parasitically be a billionaire. And they just wanted like $2 more an hour. They were just saying, why can't we have that? You know, like you can afford it. You made half a billion dollars in extra profit last year. Just $2 an hour would tangibly improve their lives. And this is what Galen Weston had to say.
2: Yeah, I know this is the massive profits point. That there's not, there's not 25 times, okay. um, you know, uh, cost growth against profit growth. Like her point is that you can afford sense. it. You yeah, can but, afford another couple of bucks. So, I'm just asking for her. No, no, fair enough. So every single time we enter into a union negotiation, uh, we're raising uh, wages last five years i think wages are up 550 million dollars um, and we're continuing to raise rates um, you know as we go every single time we negotiate we're one of the largest unionized workforces in the country just wanted to ask for your workers who are having a tough time. Yeah. So thank you
0: so again he believes he's done enough that during the union meetings and talks they always give in and improve uh, the wages of their workers so that is enough and I think that kind of way of looking at human beings that work for him that give him this wealth kind of says all you need to know like it's very clear what this person sees actual Canadians as and it is just like a starving piggy bank and I'm just I'm pissed that we won't like how far away do you think we are from like a, a real strong you know national food program because this shit that we have now I think really has to end and kind of like what's it going to take once again Christo I I ask you to solve Canadians problems
1: I mean (laughs) I don't know uh right now people are people are are angry Mm -hmm. but uh, if you if you proposed you know food rebates or whatnot I'm not sure right I and I don't know if there'd be an appetite to nationalize Loblaws, for example. I mean, part of this is that it's also a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people are like, even if Weston wanted to do it, what would the shareholders do to him? If he started making some of these decisions, uh, what would happen to the stock price? One thing you could look at to tell that this week was neither good nor bad for Weston is that the stock price is basically stable. Yeah. In the last month, it hasn't moved. It's, uh, you know, it's down point or 0.21% uh and in the last 6 months it's only down 1%. It's effectively static. That and seems like good five, points for
0: yeah. nationalization is what you're describing there. That seems well, like Well,
1: maybe. I mean, but oh. like you have to look at the market cap of the company. I mean, mm. uh, you, these comp- you you could the, the the point is that right now uh it seems that like Canadians are angry but they don't have that anger channeled. Yeah. Right. And so maybe it's up to the left to offer like this, 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 this plan mm-hmm. to find some way to address this, whether it's mechanisms to tax co- corporations, whether it is public ownership, whether it's some form of price control, uh, because right now people are just angry, mm-hmm. but the the anger isn't being channeled uh, in any particular direction. So it's like they, they know instinctively they're getting they're getting screwed uh, whether it's law laws ripping them off or just or whatever, they're mm-hmm. getting screwed. Uh, some companies are 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 still profiting handsomely off of it, but uh, that needs to be channeled, right? Yeah. Um And right now it, it it isn't, and that's one of the reasons why Poly Evra, uh is is he's he's polling reasonably well on this and and working on this issue when. You know, I don't see him doing anything to actually address it. You know, we're going to rein in the budget to lower inflation, and you know, in, in in purely theoretic macroeconomic terms, lowering government spending is one of the ways you can you can you can dull inflation. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. You can you could the government could spend stimulus when the uh, when when you need to inflate the economy and cut stimulus when you don't. But um, you know, I I don't see Pierre Polyevra. Uh, going out and, and saying, I'm going to uh, take down Loblaws, right? And yeah. it's just, the anger just gets hit uh, where it normally does, which is whoever the, the, the corporate media and the right wing can make as boogeyman. So, of course, you know, who's really at fault for high prices at Loblaws? Nurses and teachers, right? And, <laughs> and, and public sector workers who want who want you know, a raise that keeps pace with inflation. Right, Jesus. those are the real enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not not poor old Galen Weston, and I think that that's something that we, we we need to work on is is look at this and offer a solution, right? And that solution might have to include, uh, you know, uh, limiting these companies' ability to operate as a purely market-driven force. Uh, if the argument is simultaneously that Loblaw's is in effect offering an essential service. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they are, right?' They're, and they're not a monopoly, but they are rather large. Uh, and and also that you know, because of that size, they have an undue effect on the access to certain goods. I mean maybe you could make a case to uh, to uh, offer uh, enhanced regulations and enhanced uh, uh, interventions into this realm of the economy mm-hmm. right like i i don't know and that would be up for uh people with more expertise than i to look at the exact mechanisms to do it i mean price controls are always tricky right uh, they're difficult to implement yeah uh, there's also uh, uh it would likely also backfire and hit workers as well there'd be wage controls likely on workers in the industry uh, all of this could 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 happen but um We still don't know
0: how they set their prices either. Like that information. So anything they say about, you know, this is just the supply chain issues and the cost of doing business of, you know, we are just the final avenue for groceries, uh, food getting to Canadians, so it's not our fault. We just essentially have to take their word for that after they have been proven, thanks to old, uh, you know, Mayor Pete, who is now just making sure all of America blows up yeah, with different train yeah. collisions, yeah, that yeah, you know yeah. they already fixed bread prices and boy. had to apologize. Yeah, yeah so like, it is. Look,
1: look, they fixed prices <sighs> before, right? Like, here's the thing: it is true to some degree that, like, you know, they are like, the law. Like, Laws isn't God. Yeah, and even big corporations like Walmart, for example, if all of a sudden. Oranges are more money than oranges are more money. If there's like a shortage, like even before this, if like there was like a banana tree virus, bananas Mm -hmm. would be more expensive that year. And grocery stores could choose to uh, uh, eat that difference or they could choose to uh, raise their prices or they could kind of cut it in the middle. Um, But, you know, to some degree, it is true that. Uh, international effects can have an effect on even big companies, but it's also the case that companies like Loblaws are so large that they can exert bargaining power on their suppliers Mm -hmm. as well. Like they have, they have agency as well. And it's not beyond the realm of possibility for them to say that, like, if you want access to our, to our shelf space, you need to do this and that. And we want this sort of deal. Like, you know, we see what Costco does, right? Where, yeah. They can they can sort of bully around companies that want to use their shelf space, right? These companies, uh, you know, they're, they're they they really just do have a- like a
0: Soviet economic model. It is so funny, like all of these avowed capitalists talking about how great, you know, Walmart is. I think was the great example, but they use a, a, a fixed price system to that is so complex and and uses technology that that is would you know make a lot of these traditional. Uh, capitalist thinkers like just throw up because it is not at all what this is supposed to represent, you know, the market in this great way. So this idea that Weston is somehow like the way I, I will always believe that it's clearly fixed, that no matter what the tree virus is that kills bananas, no matter what happens in Ukraine and the different potato shortages that are coming in from different yeah. areas of Russia. Loblaws is still going to make half a billion yeah, dollars in They always make problems.
1: money. That's the thing, right? Like, and like, that's the thing. Like, they're making money, right? So clearly, they have some ability to offset their costs, yeah. Right, and, and in a way, consumers don't, right? Like, that's the thing. They have the ability, whether it's to shift suppliers, whether it's to raise their prices, whether it's to cut their expenditures, and they do that it, too. Yeah, like, they absolutely they do, that. do that. And that's the thing. Like, this is the thing. Like, and as you said, this is like. And this is one of the things with the NDP uh, that, that I think we, we we need to wrestle with and the left sometimes we need to wrestle with is that we're, we're, we're looking for a morality that isn't there. Mm. And I'm not even saying like immorality as in they're immoral. I'm saying there is literally no morality in some ways, right? Yeah. Like they have a responsibility to shareholders. He has a responsibility to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is his job. His job is to make money for his shareholders his job is to do nothing else but that like that's the the job of a a a company traded on the stock market and so in a sense when it's like how dare you sir how can you not look he's like well man i'm doing my job profits are up right Mm -hmm. like you know and he could try to spin it he has to try to spin it as like oh we're you know a good old canadian company we care about canadians and we want to see them happy and we provide a, a an essential service to the people and blah 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 but it's like at the end of the day, these companies exist to make money uh, like any other company. And um, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And so in some ways, I think like the questioning has value, but it's almost like the, the the lesson the left has to put forward is these are companies. They are going to do whatever it takes to make money, no matter who they hurt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and our job as the, the the government in general or just as the left in particular is to represent the interest of canadians and in, 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 in their life and so we need to put controls on these companies because uh even if you do believe in the market and blah 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 when you're dealing with such large companies dealing with such essential goods yeah then there's they're clearly the, the system isn't working mm-hmm. right it isn't and again. It's almost like in some ways it makes Loblaws less of the villain Mm. because it's like it's just a capitalist enterprise doing what capitalists do. But the solution is to be much more aggressive in like in policing them in effect. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. You have to put aside to some degree. The morale, and I get it. The politics matter, yeah. right? Like, like Bernie Sanders talks about this. Like, no worker should work forty hours a week and 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 and, and be on food stamps. And he's making <laughs> a a political argument, but it's also an emotional argument. Yeah,
0: you're like, you're uh, getting it, a little tone un- there, a little yeah. little Bernieism there. I was hearing yeah, yeah, in your but, voice.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Like, you, 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 that's how it goes, right? Mm. But it's also like a capitalist system is specifically designed to uh purposely have workers unemployed and underpaid yeah. because that that acts as a reserve army of labor and it's like law with law laws Is like is it the system working as intended? Mm-hmm. this is a thing we've talked about with like police violence where like the li- the small l liberal response is the police can be effective and good if XYZ and one two three yeah whereas the maybe the left response is policing at least, at least in like the Western sense, policing uh, is not functional with like a just mm-hmm. and democratic society, right? And so I don't know. I think that's one thing on the left we have to discuss is that like we talk about greedflation, and I get the value of that, but it's like these are companies, especially these publicly traded ones, that don't have emotions. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's like we're in the we're, sense we're of what humanizing, we're trying to do. like it is. We're humanizing these companies when yeah. in reality they're like they're they're. They're just they're they're inanimate objects that we should mold to our will if, mm-hmm. in a democratic society. And that means nationalizing them or regulating them or monitoring them or censuring them. Then, like, that's what we should do. And like, it's almost like it doesn't matter who the fuck the CEO is. Like, you know what I mean? Like or if Galen Weston uh, yeah. wears a nice sweater or not. Right. It's <laughs> like I don't know. Right. Like um, and maybe like the politics. I get it. The politics of it matter. And it's like you want to be out there looking like you're fighting for the like for the regular Joe and Jane. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we also have to have these philosophical debates.
0: Well, it is interesting, too, because I wonder how many Canadians uh, would be comfortable if, you know, this system was still ensuring that a certain amount of. Their fellow Canadians were nearly starving every single month, but they only spent, you know, $19 on seven chicken breasts instead of $39 on chicken breasts. I do wonder, you know, what of the Venn diagram of people mad that wouldn't really care? Because, like you said, in that circumstance, it is this system that is designed to erode humanity just by its nature it, it's, it doesn't care about it that's just what we created is doing what it's supposed to do and how many people would be okay with that versus what should be happening now an actual change to the system so i just i want us to to end off I mean, just with the idea sometimes Christo. these things though and it's tricky
1: yeah. because we've seen these debates yeah in both both canada and the u.s and it, it's you know, it's, it's, it, it shows the different interests of people. I mean, unemployment is lower than it's been, right? Mm-hmm. But inflation is higher. And so it's like you ask people, it's like, well, do you want – which one do you choose? And some people have said they want in, unemployment to be higher. So they fully recognize that when they say that, some people mm-hmm. – and maybe they just implicitly think it won't be them – will go jobless and either go starve or have to rely on social insurance or deplete all their savings. But it means that you will have slightly lower prices. I think one thing in North America, especially, I don't know, maybe this is less of a case in Europe, is like everything is super price conscious, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like people will do a lot if you give them lower prices, right? Yeah. and so I don't it is know. how
0: they de- decide their freedom. Basically, we've okay. the, the idea of what it means to be truly f- free is being able to buy seven different types of ranch dressing and making sure that there's deals on some. Like yeah. that is why this is so important. So the last thing I want to leave us with, Christo, we're uh, finishing up today. We're getting our you know our little uh, water wings on again. So it's been a little while, but I just I'm thinking about what happened. This week with Jagmeet and I'm wondering if this could be a real firebrand moment if he and the NDP could come out strong with something that that Canadians could kind of divert that anger uh, around in support of something that will make it easier for Canadians very simple terms you know something that will cut at these sort of extra profit margins, how likely do you think that is? And how likely do you think that it'll be in simple terms that we can get behind? Or are people just going to be generally pissed and then not be pissed, kind of like what we saw with healthcare in this province?
1: I mean, I think people are still going to be pissed about inflation. It's just like, how does that channel? And then how do you channel that politically? I think Singh did okay this week, but I honestly, I don't see this moving polls very much. I really don't. I really don't. I just want I him to do something will...
0: with it now, you know, Yeah, like, people, I just, and oh. he
1: did something and like, he got his media attention mm-hmm. and there seemed to be uh, some interest peaked about it. And like, maybe some people will be like, I like this jug meat guy. He's, you know, the one talking about the bread and butter issues, uh, uh, that I care about, you know, no. he's focusing on, uh, on, on, on bread prices and milk prices and meat prices. And that's what I care about. Um, so maybe that'll help but I honestly I don't know like the polls haven't been moving any sort of crazy amount and like you said people are sick they're tired they're busy they're concerned and I don't know if this this like this was not the week I don't think when like sing is going to all of a sudden surge in the polls. You've seen some polls that have the NDP lower. Yeah. I believe there was like an Abacus one or one of the decent pollsters last week had the NDP in the mid 20s again or something, but I think that was a bit of a blip in the other direction, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the the reality is like I I don't I don't know um I don't know if there's going to be any significant movement because of this. And it's also like between the liberals and conservatives, I don't know if anyone really benefits from this either. Right. Mm. Like, you know,
0: all righty. Well, I forgot so how that, right? it is for yeah. Canadians here. So thanks guys for, for us. So we welcome coming back and talking to y'all, but man, we, we got hit, uh, hit in the groin today with this one folks. So we will be back Next week, you know, we are, are feeling better. I'm feeling as better as I will be for a while. And yeah, we're going to get back into questions. Once again, if you want to send some questions, left turn Canada uh, just on Twitter and left turn Canada at gmail.com. We'll absolutely get to it. We have our little Discord community. Thank you so much for all the folks that have been hanging in there as I have been convalescing you know, this last month and then getting upset because my uh, graphics card actually melted Christo. So that was interesting. I don't know if I told you that, but yeah, you uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Full on melted. So it's been, it's been a great 2023 so far, folks. We'll see you again soon.